Yeah, I got you, man. Welcome Please, to the bro. show. We have one Thank of the nicest you, MCs joining me here on the show today. It goes by the name of G Silly Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Light 365, iHeartRadio. G Silly, what's going on, man? How's your night going? What's up, brother? Doing well, man. We over here on the East Coast, so it's it's afternoon time, but doing well, brother. I appreciate you having me. That's right. I'm looking forward to the upcoming music because I love to shed light to the real MCs in the game and put it down lyrically. And I know that you have always been attracted to that 90s era growing up. And that's the realest era of music, in my opinion. Yes, sir, man. Definitely, man. And growing up, you know, I, I'm I'm 26, so relatively young. But I, I grew up on people like Kanye, Jay, you know what I mean? Uh, I was super big on uh, like Chingy growing up and just like kind of like that early 2000s era of, of, of hip hop Nas. So, yeah, definitely heavily influenced by it. That's right. And you got on the Jay-Z late that I heard. You didn't hear Reasonable reasonable Doubt and Jay-Z's entire discography until later in life. Until way later, man. And I don't know if I was just a Nas guy, but I, I just I just slept on, you know what I mean, for a little bit. I just, it took a while for me to, to really, like, catch a lot of the genius that Jay-Z, you know, brings in it, puts in into his uh, wordplay, into his music, into his catalog in general. Um, but, you know, obviously got big up to Jay-Z, man, one of the legends. I'm a Nas guy as well because I'm a big Illmatic. It was written. I think it was written was better than Illmatic. I, that might be. A, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> that yeah. might be a hot statement for some people, but the sophomore album was way better than the first. And what is it? Do you think that we don't see sometimes as Nas fans that what is Jay Z's greatness in his music? Because when we think of Jay Z, we think of the empire that he's built for himself, things that he's done to build himself as a entrepreneur in this business what do you think it is musically that we may overlook sometimes about jay-z I, I, for me at least i think it was Nas's cadence and the way that he came across on tracks was much more digestible for me as a listener although he he is very complex as well you know they're both really complex with what they were played with their lyricism but Nas, i don't know if i don't know what it was for me but he it's the way he's you know uh story tells through his music, that's what really caught my ear. Jay, I feel like, takes a bit of a more seasoned ear to catch a lot of the things that that he puts into it. You know, if you really study in the craft, if you were if you were a fan of the of the hip hop of rap, the genre, it takes a a little bit of seasoning for you to pick up on a lot of the double entendres and the you know what I mean the 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 different ways that he uses uh, his lyricism. So that was that was the diff immediate difference for me. Originally, your original influence was that you wanted to be an R&B singer. Usher was your first major influence to video burn. <laughs> yeah, bro, this is funny, bro. Um, so, I, yeah, I didn't have the voice for it, but uh, Usher was that. Usher was like one of my first art, like um, favorite artists, you know. And you know, something that's that's different for me is I, I'm a I'm a first generation um Sudanese American so my parents were born and raised in Sudan and immigrated here and I was the first born in you know pretty much my whole family in the states they I, you know so I didn't get the experience of getting put on to a lot of music early like a lot of my homies did you know what I mean who grew up in the states and parents grew up in the states putting them on to the oldies and and, and uh in hip-hop and R&B so for me it was like through my my cousins who also grew up here, who whoever, you know, they got older siblings and I'm the oldest in my in my family. So I didn't have older siblings. So they were kind of like my older siblings putting me on. 
And I remember the first song I ever heard, like you said, was was Burn by <laughs> by Usher. And it, and I just fell in love with, you know, R&B from there, man. I feel as though you give us a glimpse on your song Genie because that was, that's a personal favorite of mine. Have you thought about taking some vocal lessons in order to fulfill those dreams of being an R&B singer? It's never too late. <laughs> right. It's never too late, man. I, I dabble, man. And, and a lot of people encourage me to to sing more in my music because you know, I wouldn't consider myself a singer, but I could carry it too when I feel like. People started to recognize you, especially when you started giving to the rap collective, the circle, the Sudanese rap collective. People started noticing you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. The circle, uh, shout out Proof, Keys, Ease, the bully, man. Um, yeah, the circle was put together by my boy Proof, who's like a big brother mentor to us, 80 Proof. Um, and he he grew up, uh, was born and raised in Queens in New York. Um, and he's he really you know when we're talking about like really studying hip-hop and r&b and 90s uh music and like the origins the roots of of uh rap music he's he embedded that in us you know what i mean later in life but we learned a lot from him and also just in terms of how to navigate uh our music career because you know he he grew up um well he his brother uh his, both of his brothers one one of his brothers is boss and the other one of his brothers is Eve, who manages J. Cole. Um, and so he grew up, you know, watching that whole come up and understanding the, the backgrounds and mechanics behind, you know, how to pave a way for yourself. So we lean on him heavy for that. So, yeah, big shout out to Circle, man. Super, And we inspire each other a lot. Virginia, this is where you're from, being born and raised. How was it growing up in Virginia and finding some hip hop roots out there? It was cool, man. I mean, I grew up in in um, in a city called Falls Church, which is right out of uh, D.C. Um, I moved from there more down south towards Gainesville, Manassas area. Um, but, you know, kind of grew up in the suburbs, um, you know, learned a lot uh, from just befriending a lot of, you know, people along the way from, you know, every spot that I lived in. And um, it, it's, it's interesting because Virginia – you know, a lot of legends came out of Virginia. We got Pharrell, Missy Elliott, you know, Pusha T clips, um, Timbaland. So that that definitely uh, essence of those artists isn't lost on us as Virginians and as, you know, in the DMV within the sound out here. So that's huge influence on on me for sure. Absolutely. The whole DMV area as well, when people put it all in the one category, because Wale with Maybach music, he's had a heavy impact out here for years. Getting into it more in your early career because Bop on Broadway was a freestyle that people really took notice of you and you did it over the baby's freestyle. So what's something that you think you can draw from this generation of artists in which we can help them connect to the 90s and what you do musically? Yeah, man, I, I think I, I kind of, that's a good question. And I kind of embody that I feel like because I tend to gravitate more towards that 90s sound. You know what I mean? And like, just very um, heavily, uh, like lyrical, you know, they, some some people would say conscious, but just, you know, uh, meaningful uh, rap. And then, but I also grew up in that same generation where the babies is coming up and, you know what I mean? Uh, even though, not just not to take anything away from them, that's that's how the, the, the music genre, the, the hip hop genre has evolved. And they got so many, amazing things that you know i take i, I uh, study and take into my craft as well so like i feel like i'm 
because I'm leaning more towards the you know I mean '90s super influence, and also grew up in this generation. I'm I'm somebody who can bridge the you know bridge the gap between the two. When did you start to network out to New York City, especially with Proof, The Circle, and even Nate Joel, because he's a New York rapper as well. So when did you start to branch out and network in New York? Because I feel as though you love New York. You have this New York vibe to you. Man, yeah, big shout out Nate Joel too, man. I'm glad you brought him up because I'm a big fan of his and a uh, real cool dude. Um, yeah, in New York, man, I I just started going up there because, you know, New York is like, when, when you talk about hip hop and you talk mecca. about East Coast hip hop, exactly. It's like the Mecca of East Coast hip hop. So uh, being, you know, from the DMV and being so close to New York, we would go up every so often, even in high school, you know, we would take trips uh, like maybe maybe once every couple of months. You know what I mean, and just go out there and politic, you know, fill the, fill the city out. Immigrants are notoriously known for taking trips out there all the time because it's like, also the um a symbol of america you know what i mean so fam used to always go up there but um they got some real real dope spitters coming up out of new york um and so i go out there just to link with those homies and you know what i mean we we feed off each other is it ever difficult to you to process how it's not as easy as it used to be for MCs to get on, especially what you do as lyrical artists. It, it takes longer for some reason because trap artists, that's the main thing now. It's whatever, especially out in New York, it's the drill movement. Do you ever find any difficulties in it? Because I know you speak, you've spoken about it in the past of realizing what your journey is because you're looking at, oh, how is he getting on quicker than me? And I, I've gone through that same thing in my media career, especially with all the work I put in and you see the work that you're putting in. So how do you feel about that, especially the difficulties of an MC in this day and age to get on? You know what, bro? I feel like um, I feel like in both cases, it's just about consistency. And I feel like nowadays within the arena of media in general, it's like there's so many niches. You know what I mean, it's like it's gotten so big and even hip hop, the genre, which is it's like young. You know, what I mean, it started maybe in the late 80s. Um, and, and the way that it's, it's grown, you know, at such an exponential rate and it's, it's just expanded so much globally that there's so many different niches of hip hop. And you find that in other genres too. You found it in rock before, you know, uh, before hip hop. But, um, I feel like knowing your audience is key and like knowing who that type of, you know, who's, who's your listener, who's somebody who's going to relate to you and connect to what you can, you know, um, what type of value can you bring to somebody? Like, who who are those people? So it took that realization for me and being like, okay, I'm not here to please everyone or my music might not connect to everyone. Um, and that's okay with me. I know, you know, there, there are some people who it will connect to most and resonate with most. And that's who I focus on. So, yeah. And I think it's a give and take relationship when, when you focus that way, you know what I mean? Because they continue, you know, people who connect most to you continue to inspire you and vice versa. When did you learn to be free, especially with your music? Because you've stated in the past that you want to work with Anderson Pack because you feel as though he makes his music in a free state and environment. However, he wants to make it. When did you establish yourself as being free and making your own music? Man, not until recently, to be honest. Well, I feel like it's been a, a progression for me. Like, when I first started, I started I started making music, uh, well, at least putting out music maybe early college years. And that was like maybe 
2017, 2016, SoundCloud days. SoundCloud days, man. And um, during those days, I, it was just like, that's when it felt the most free. I feel like when you first started out and you just putting your, you don't care how it's arranged, you don't care how it sounds, you just putting it out for people to 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 hear or even, maybe nobody hears, but just that feeling of putting it out is freeing in itself. So that's I felt like it was the most free. But then when you start to accumulate, um, you know, what I mean, like a like a a fan base or just uh, a, a sort of like a feeling of accomplishment from what you're doing um, and traction that's when the pressure starts. You know what I mean? You put you, it's self-inflicted too. Like you're putting pressure on yourself to, all right, I got to continue to meet these marks or these metrics or grow in this way. And I think recently I've let go of that again, you know what I mean? And, and got back to the essence of why I love making this music, you know, the art, what connected me to it in the first place and just allowing the rest to unfold. Is there a performance that you can think back to that you found yourself as an MC and it can, can control the crowd as they say the master of ceremonies. Yeah, man. Um, so I always think I always remember performing for the first time in New York. So this uh, I'll mention two actually, because I think they're both worth mentioning. The first time I performed in New York was um, a show uh, that bought, I opened for boss I remember Odyssey was performing there too. Shout out, big shout out, Odyssey. Um, both also Boss and Odyssey, like uh, big bros, mentors to me. But performing at that show was was so big for me because I I regard those homies so highly. You know what I mean? And um, just I, I felt like going in, I was nervous as soon as I hit the stage. I kind of owned the moment, and people were showing so much love. And that's when I really realized, like, all right, I'm here. Now, fast forward. Two months, three months after that, um, I went back to Sudan for the first time in like 12 years. And, um, you know, uh, Sudan was much different as a country because it went through a revolution. And, you know, I mean, the people were much more like uh, 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 free minded, I mean, and felt motivated to like, you know, uh, develop the country further because they had knocked down a dictatorship that lasted like 30, 30 years beforehand. Yeah. So um, I remember performing out there and just being like, wow. And, and never seeing the country in this way. Cause the last time I had been, I was young, but crowds of like 2000 people, you know what I mean, a show and, you know, everyone's showing love, everyone knowing my, my lyrics. And this is my first time out there, like I said, in such a long time. So that, that was a very uh, humbling and incredible experience for me and also motivating for me to, to keep going. And going out to Sudan, because I know this was, you just mentioned before, is a huge impact for you. In what ways, when you came back to the States, did it change your outlook on life, especially musically, spiritually, and just the racial tensions that do go on in America? Crazy, man. It was, it was definitely, I picked up a lot of that energy of like forward movement, you know what I mean, in Sudan, like in terms of, like the progressive people were really motivated to make a change, make a difference. Um, and it just seemed like there was this like shining light North star that was guiding them and like, you know, their purpose. So they were deeply rooted in that. And anytime you go back, you know, as someone, anytime you connect back to your roots um, and as a, as an immigrant, a lot of times we, we trying to like, um, we're in this in-between spot of growing up 
in you know whatever country we're in in the west and then tr still trying to stay connected to our roots so anytime you go back to the motherland it's like yeah like you're reconfirmed in who you are so coming back it was like yeah man i'm out I, I carried a lot of that energy of like okay this i uh it reaffirmed my purpose for me i mean it, with this music and inspiring others and promoting change um with you know at the micro scales and the micro macro scales like within a, that one listener and then you know amongst society so yeah you've come a long way from recording on the apple headset back in the day because you learned to mix and master record and all the way to getting jihad your first ep and sure. more in store ep bouquets freestyle i know that one's going crazy but man how do you reflect back on just when you started all the way on the apple headset crazy bro <laughs> The Apple headset, bro. This is the the Apple headsets with the line before AirPods. This is pre AirPods. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's crazy to see how much I've grown since then. How much my sound has grown. Um, and you know, just it, it's incredible. Like, and and now I feel like I'm in a much more uh, mature place. You know, I mean, personally and then artistically as well. And um, you know, I, I just want to continue to grow and develop from here and uh, keep keep the movement going. What do you think is the most important hip hop album to come out this year in 2022? Damn, that's a good question. The most important one? Mm -hmm. Damn, 2022. When did that last Nas album drop? That was December. Magic? Last year. Well, yeah, yeah he Magic. Dropped, he dropped out because people were like, the, the album of the year came out in the last month. <laughs> yeah, facts, bro. I wish that joint came out 2022. That would have been my answer. I'm trying to think um, what has dropped this year, man. I, I just heard the Games album. Oh, Dramatic. Yeah, man. That joint is fire. Uh, I really like I really like what he did on there. You could hear the growth. Um, in his in his catalog. How do you feel about his Eminem diss? Because I know Eminem was a huge influence on you growing up as well. Yeah, Eminem was a huge influence, and yeah, man, it's it's crazy to always because a lot of people have been coming at Eminem over the years. Yeah, bro. it's like, crazy. It is. Yeah, I, I don't know it's why crazy. the Eminem hates come out of nowhere, but you know Jack Harlow, we we give him no hate. All the other white rappers, we don't give him hate, but Eminem, who's done a lot for hip hop. There's just seen to be a lot of hatred towards him. Yeah, man. I guess I guess they hate you when you're great. It's like yeah, because he's a legend. But um, what do I think about it, man? I think I think the spirit of hip hop is still alive for sure. The competitive nature of it, you know what I mean? And uh, and I think that just continues to inspire people like me. But um, but yeah, man. I, I think his album was was real well done, real well produced. Hip Boy had a lot to do with the production as well. Yeah, I think Dramatic is up there. And that just came out, what, like two weeks ago, a week ago? Two weeks ago, yeah. 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 Uh, that's definitely up there already. I'm trying to think of who else. I think Lloyd Banks released a mixtape as well. Heard about that. I haven't got of The Inevitable it. too. Word. Word. That I came out. Yeah, I heard Ten about talk that. Four with Ten, Ten Talk 4. Benny right. Butcher. Benny Butcher. Right. That joint was fire too. That like was fire. Yeah. Lobby Boys with Jim Jones and Mano. There's been a couple this year that I've tuned into, especially yeah, out of New York. The, the Kendrick album was, in, and this might be, a, I don't know if it's a hot take. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Morale, Big Steppers, bro. I, I, a lot of people, you know what? 
I'm I'm voting that one because for me, um, I'm a huge Kendrick fan. Uh, I've always been, and to to pimp a butterfly is actually my favorite album. I've you know what I mean in in history of everything, it's my my personal favorite album. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers gave me that same feeling that I had when I first heard to pimp a butterfly in a way. You know, it was just very, it just hit you real deep, resonated real real deep. So um, that's that's gonna be my vote, man. It's interesting that you bring that up because I did compare it to. To Pimp a Butterfly, because when To Pimp a Butterfly came out, everyone praises it as this classic now. But I remember when that dropped, people hated it. He got a lot of backlash when he dropped. All of a sudden now it's, oh, well, this is his best album. Oh, this is a classic. Everyone just hopped on this bandwagon. But someone who did appreciate that album when it came out, because I like The Black or The Berry, that was a tough song. Hood Politics, there's so many important songs on that album. I remember when it came out, the mainstream didn't accept it. And all of a sudden, it became mainstream. It won a Grammy. I mean, whoever thought that it would win a Grammy? With the the reception it was getting initially, right? Exactly. Yeah, man. I, I, I think that's the case with most things that are ahead of their time. Like, I think that album, when it dropped, was ahead of its time. And people needed time to absorb it you know from from all ends whether it's what you know the messages he was getting across or or uh sonically but he the messages that he obviously those are like like timeless messages you know what i mean that he got across in that album and they came at the right time i feel like in September butterfly in uh mr morale and the big steppers i think the same bro i think it's it's at the perfect time uh, so, uh, so, like from a societal perspective, and then for me, for sure, I think you know he he was very vulnerable. Uh, he called out a lot of the like internal regressions that that a lot of us have, uh, fears that a lot of us have that we just not vocalizing. Um, and yeah, you know, contextualize a lot of those things within within the within the music. You relate to Kendrick in that way because people recognize what you speak about in your music all the way from depression, romantic strife, even drug addiction issues. How important is it to keep those issues relevant in this day and age of hip hop where usually where people turn on the radio, they don't hear the real stuff that we're going on in our life. We go to that escape period of hearing these constant party tracks. And I always say this life isn't always a party. Very true. And, you know, there's 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 time for that but it shouldn't be all the time, you know? And, um, but then again, should or shouldn't, it's subjective, but I feel as though um, a lot of times we're not ready. Like we're not ready to have those, to have those realizations, you know what I mean? To go deep into ourselves, to be reminded of um, things that we going through that maybe are, are buried deep down, you know what I mean? So hearing a joint like the Kendrick album, whether it's like stereotypes you might have of other people or that are deeply rooted, whether it's fears that are, that you've been dealing with that you don't recognize, whether it's traumas, you know what I mean? Family things, relationships, whatever it is. A lot of times we're not ready to face those things yet. And so don't, we, t- we turn away from those things and it's like, Oh, listen to this track that, you know I mean, we could get lost in and forget about everything and it got a nice beat and we could just, you know, play that on repeat and, and not have to think about these things. So I think it's very important to continue to remember these things ourselves and remind others too. Three for one special is like your favorite song I heard. This is the one that you hold 
close to you and that you would perform on the big stages and given the opportunities. But Genie, that has a deep meaning because you t- when you're in that song, you talk about how you really don't need the Genie in the bottle. Facts. Facts. And I'm glad you caught that. Yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, there's a lot of um, analogy that I, that I put into my, uh, the tracks that I do. Uh, and so I'm glad you caught that, but yeah, bro, it's, it's, uh, it's a bigger message. You know what I mean? And there's another track that I always get questions about, uh, called found you. Mm-hmm. And people always ask me, yo, is this a, or they'll be like, yo, this is, this is fire. Like I know this is about a relationship. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it's about a relationship, but I obscured it in a way where I didn't want it to be like, I didn't want it to be outright about a relationship between you and somebody else. It's, it's actually personally, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was something that I wrote during the moment. That's about, it's like me. Yeah. You know I mean, it's a letter to myself. So, yeah. I think, I definitely think that you did find yourself and speaking of bouquets, the freestyle in your mind, what is the idea of, receiving your flowers when do you think you'll actually receive your flowers is it when signing a major deal and we'll get into that later when would you say is it to you that you receive your flowers when you will be given them man i think i get my flowers all the time you know i i i I hear from fans all the time every time i drop something you know sometimes even when you know i'll just randomly get messages and people will reach out with support um or let me know how this song or this bar or this part of this verse whatever um impacted them or they related to so i think that in itself is is flowers enough bro you mentioned before i want to close that gap up open it up for boz did boz give you any words of encouragement when you opened up for him yeah man constantly bro constantly boss is 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 a real um good mentor man like he's somebody who has really good guidance and and you get the sense that he wants to guide others i mean he just got so much love for everybody and uh constantly bro uh he continues to to give us good advice uh help us understand and navigate our own sounds even from an artistic perspective and i appreciate that a lot so yeah big shout out boss shout out to him is it important for you are you looking to sign a major record deal in the future is that a goal that you have in mind um it's not necessarily a goal for me. No, I I think for me, the goal is just to um, continue to grow and develop, but also be as uh, um, self-sustainable as possible. You know, I don't want to have to depend too much, but, you know, I'm not I'm not ruling it out. I'm not saying that I, I would never sign to a major label because I definitely would um, if given, you know, right opportunities in the right circumstances. Um, that will that will help that journey, but uh, personally, I'm focused on my impact and sustainability. I see that coming. When are we going to get more in store here? What's next from the upcoming EP or an album? What do you have planned next on the way? It's coming, brother. Um, we have a project uh, probably going to be my debut album uh, coming next year. Um, in the meantime, we're working on a lot of music. Uh, so for the rest of the year, expect a lot more music to come out. Um, I know we what we got, we in August right now, so we got like five more months, but we got a lot of music playing within these next next few months. So yeah, bro, stay posted. Do you plan on taking the J. Cole approach to this debut album with having limited features to no features? Or are you someone that once you get some features that you want them to actually be some 
Like, whoa, you pulled this guy. You pulled this one for the hook. Honestly, I'm open to features, man. I love collaborating with people. Like, um, especially it not necessarily needs to be in like, oh, oh, they did a hook or this person did a verse. But a lot of times, you know, I'll be in rooms with people and they'll they'll have just a fire idea for for a baseline on a beat or uh, you know what I mean, or a, a harmony over a hook, you know what I mean? And and those kind of things bring, I think those little things, details bring a lot out of the record too. So yeah, I'm I'm completely open to to features, man. I love collaborating with people. I'll be looking forward to these collaborations and what you have in store, especially with the debut album. Do you have a title in mind? Uh, not yet, but it will be announced soon, bro. Soon before the end of the year. Okay, yeah, we'll be looking forward to it. G. Salee, is there anything else you want to let your fans know? Anything that we didn't mention here? Uh, nah, man, just a lot more music coming. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, projects on the way, uh, videos on the way, and that's it, man. I appreciate you having me, bro. Of course, man. Keep doing great things for the real hip-hop out there and keeping the messages alive and the essence of what hip-hop really is, man, because that's what it is, the art of storytelling. Likewise, my brother, and it's people like you that keep it going as well. So thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Let them know where they can follow you on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Make sure they get everything followed there on all your platforms. Yeah, y'all can find me at the real G Salee and G Salee's G S A L I H. That's on all platforms: Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, and then G Dash Salee on all music platforms. You got it, man. G Salee, shout out to your management and setting this up. Anytime you're welcome on the show, especially when you drop the new album, you're always welcome back. Peace, bro. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Of course, man. Enjoy the rest of your night. And stay safe, man. Much love, bro. You too. Much love. Peace out, man. Peace.